<laughs> hey now, it's Jay Scott Smith here, the host of JSC Radio, which you can now hear on Stitcher Radio. That's right, Stitcher is radio on demand. Now you can download the free app today and it's available on iOS, Android, as well as Nook and Kindle Fire. You can take JSC Radio anywhere. The app is free. You can listen anytime, anywhere. Now, if you're wondering what Stitcher is, Stitcher is an award-winning free app that lets you listen to all of your favorite shows, plus discover 40,000 news, entertainment, and sports shows, such as JSC Radio. You can create custom playlists. You can rate and review this show and others on Stitcher. Please drop a friendly review on the show. Not only is Stitcher available on all smartphones and tablets, it's also in over 4 million car dashboards. It's on demand and on the go. No downloading, no syncing, no wasted memory on any of your devices. You can stream your favorite podcasts, like JSC Radio, for free on Stitcher. You don't have the Stitcher app? Simple. Go to Stitcher.com today or check out the App Store on whichever device you use. Stitcher Radio. Be sure to check it out. This is JSC Radio. Stay with me. We got pulled over for a busted tail light in the back. And the police just, he's, he's, he's covered. He they killed my boyfriend. He's licensed. He's carried to, he's licensed to carry. He was trying to get out his ID and his wallet out his, um, pocket. And he let the officer know that he was, re, he had a firearm and he was reaching for his wallet. And the officer just shot him in his arm. We're waiting for a back. I will, sir. No worries. I will. He just shot his arm off. We got pulled yeah. over on Larpener. I told him not to reach for it. I told him to get his hand open. He had, you told him to get his ID, sir, and his driver's license. Oh, my God. Please don't tell me he's dead. Please don't tell me my boyfriend just went like that. Keep your hands where they are, please. Yes, I will, sir. I'll keep my hands where they are. How many more times do I have to do this? How many times do I have to do a show like this? How many times do I have to crack open a microphone to... Instead of talking about something fun, something light, something jovial, instead of getting on here and shilling my social media and talking shit about something in the world of sports or something in pop culture or something in news, I have to talk about a young man or a man my age or an old man or whatever the case may be, a black man being shot down in the street by the people who are supposed to protect and serve. What you just heard at the start of this were the final moments of the life of 32-year-old Philando Castile. He died in the driver's seat of his car next to his girlfriend with her four-year-old daughter sitting in the back seat. And the last thing he heard was an officer yelling at him, pointing his gun, having just pumped four shots off into him for reaching into his pocket to grab his wallet. It's something that every black man, black person really, fears when those lights show up in your rear view. I've had that fear on multiple occasions, that what do I do right now when... Whether I know I should be getting pulled over or not. What am I supposed to do? Because somehow, 
in back-to-back days, I sat up out of bed. I looked at my phone, and one of us, again, has been shot dead by a police officer. I was once driving up, or I guess driving down in this case, I-96. It was back when I lived in Michigan. I was driving back to Lansing from Muskegon. This was in 2006. It's about yeah, it's 10 years ago. It's 2006. I drove through a construction zone in the middle of Ionia County. The construction zone speed limit was 45. I saw this coming a good half mile down. I slowed down. I cruised right on into that construction zone, barely doing 40 miles an hour. About four different cars legit sped past the Michigan State Trooper sitting in the median. I just rolled on by doing 40. I had my eyes on the speedometer the whole time. Guess who the Michigan State Trooper pulled over? Now, for those of you who don't know the state of Michigan, Ionia County is just off to the northwest of Lansing, in between Lansing and Grand Rapids. Not exactly a whole lot of my people floating around out there. This officer, and this is about 2.30 in the afternoon, mind you, pulls me over, immediately goes to the passenger side because I pulled over on the, on the right shoulder. He goes to the passenger side, kind of sticks his head in the window and just commences to looking around. He takes at least 30 seconds before he even really acknowledges me when I'm in the car. And finally, I just look at him and I just say, uh, sir, can I help you? Because normally I don't say anything to the cops. I had, he gets to my door, and I've already got the license and registration ready. And he asks me, well, what are you doing here? Not letting me know why he pulled me over, just what are you doing here? I didn't really think, when you think about it, it's really none of his business what I'm doing here. I'm driving. I'm on the highway. I'm trying to get back to Lansing, where I was living at the time. And he asks me a bunch of questions about where I was coming from. Who did I go see? Why was I there? How long was I there? And after a while, I guess somewhat irritated, but still keeping cool, I asked, well, why did you pull me over? And he finally, after trying to figure out the lie, essentially, points to the tassel that was hanging on my rearview mirror. It was my college graduation tassel. I'd gotten that car essentially as a late graduation gift, and I'd had it for three years at that point. And he says, well, you have that thing in your mirror. And I knew it was bullshit, but he couldn't find a reason to do anything, and I wasn't going to take his bait. I didn't get ticketed. I didn't even get warned. I kept driving, but I was pissed. I was lucky. Philando Castile wasn't. Philando Castile was shot down in cold blood, just as... Alton Sterling was 1,200 miles to the south 24 hours earlier. This shit has gone too damn far. It has gotten so out of pocket and so out of hand. And it makes life difficult for all of us. It gets harder and harder for plausible deniability to kick in that there is not a concerted effort by police officers to carry around two sets of rules. One for the black folks and one for the white folks. And I won't even say black. I'd say one for people of color because I'm counting brown people. I'm counting Arabs. I'm counting 
I'm, I'm going to count Indians. I'm going to. I'm, I'm certainly going to count Latinos, and obviously us. One set of rules for the brown folk. One set of rules for the white folk, and it's hard to dispute that. Not when on back-to-back nights, I have Alton Sterling being essentially wrestled to the ground by two guys, each one mounting him, holding him down. And then one cop magically just starts screaming, gun, gun, and pumps off four shots into him. 24 hours later, Philando Castile is driving home from grocery shopping. Something I do maybe once every 10 days or so. Driving back to the crib from grocery shopping with a four-year-old in the backseat and his woman riding shotgun, pun intended. And a cop pulls him over for a quote-unquote busted taillight and doesn't, you know, say, hey, you know, your light's out back there. I've been pulled over for a legit blown taillight before, by the way. Hey, you know, your light's out back there. No, this officer approached screaming, get your hands up. Castile, a legal gun carrier, by the way, tells the officer, as you are supposed to do, that I have a CPL. And before he can reach into his pocket to pull out his wallet to produce the license and registration, the officer unloads four shots into him. It follows the same damn pattern every time. And it doesn't matter whether you're like me and you come from a two-parent household, one of those parents being a police officer. I'll get to that in a second. Or whether you grew up an orphan. It doesn't make a difference if you're in Detroit or Philadelphia. It doesn't make a difference if you're in the suburbs of the city. It doesn't make a difference if you're on East Coast, West Coast, North, South, Midwest. It's open season at this point. And what the hell are we supposed to do? My father was a police officer in Detroit for 35 years. He, he gave everything he could to that city. He came into that police department in the early 1970s when the city of Detroit was making a concerted effort to put black people in uniform because the city of Detroit was coming off of decades of the police force being essentially all white and going around busting heads and harassing, you guessed it, the black people that had suddenly come into the city. So now we're into the early 70s, we're about five, six years post-riot, and the police department has decided, the police department has decided that it's going to change the makeup. My dad was a part of the first class that graduated black officers and the first class that graduated a woman. He commenced to have a career where every day he got up in the morning, walked out that door, and didn't know if he was going to come home. When he got to work, he not only had to deal with putting on that uniform and being harassed and being called racial slurs and being hazed by these white officers who didn't want him there. He has to deal with this and then go out onto the street and deal with a bunch of people calling him a sellout and an Uncle Tom for being in the uniform. I'm not sitting here saying that police have it easy. I understand how difficult that job is. I said it earlier on my Snapchat. But even my dad understands long since removed from being a police officer. Even he understands that this shit is getting out of hand. That this shit is, it's egregious. And for all the hand-wringing and the pearl-clutching and the, oh, please don't share the video, don't show it to people, is disrespectful to the family, I tell you to grow up. This is reality. And if it weren't for these cell phones, if it weren't for people whipping out a cell phone and recording 
these acts of violent malfeasance by these police officers. Let me tell you what happens. Alton Sterling reached for a gun, and those two police officers had to shoot him to protect their lives. Philando Castile reached for a gun and attempted to shoot that police officer, and he fired in self-defense to save his life. That's what happens when you don't have the cell phone footage. That's what happens when someone doesn't have an iPad with a camera on it rolling. You want to know why the Rodney King trial became a generational event? It wasn't because of word of mouth. Shit like that had been going on for decades in LA, in Boston, in New York, in Detroit, in Chicago, in Philly, in Dallas, in Miami, in Houston, in, in, in DC, in Nashville, in Atlanta, you name it. But the reason that Rodney King resonated was because of that video of those officers savagely beating that man and beating that man. The reason that the riots jumped off is because we saw what they did to Rodney King. Don't you think that if someone had a camera phone when George Zimmerman decided to jump out of his car and stalk Trayvon Martin up and down a subdivision, that if someone had a camera phone, we might be looking at a different scenario right now. If someone didn't have a camera phone, we wouldn't know Eric Garner couldn't breathe. We didn't have a camera phone. Walter Scott simply took the taser and attempted to disarm an officer and he shot him to protect his life. Instead, the camera phone showed this officer, like the cold-blooded coward that he is, shot a man in the back eight times and tried to plant a taser next to him. So those of you who are clutching pearls and saying, oh, please don't share it. It's disrespectful to the family. The family of Philando Castile said that video is necessary. So get over it. Grow up. You can't demand that justice occurs because guess what? The burden of proof is always going to be on us. These videos are not only needed, they are vital. You're not disrespecting the family by sharing them. You're disrespecting the family by trying to censor them, by trying to cover them up because you can't handle reality. That's what's real. What we saw that has happened in the last 36 hours, the last two days, that happened in 2006 and 1996 and 1986 and 76 and 66, 56, 46, 36, 26, 16. That's what was happening a hundred years ago to us. I, I, it's hard for me to talk about these things. I grew up around cops. I grew up watching people talk to my dad like he was one of us. My dad wasn't Officer Smith. He was Smitty. He was the guy that everybody knew, everybody liked, everybody respected. He's one of the good ones. And I've heard this said time and time again, but this is the first time I, I think it's truly truly gotten under my skin to the point where I'm like, you know what, why why don't more of the good ones speak up? Why? Say something. Because clearly, cops have no problem calling out a dirty cop if he took money. They have no problem calling out a dirty cop if he took bribes. They have no problem calling out a dirty cop if he stole a car. So why won't you call out a dirty cop when he kills somebody in cold blood? I understand your job is difficult. I spent a majority of the first part of my life worrying that my dad wouldn't come home. But the crazy thing is, my parents have spent their entire lives worrying that I wouldn't. I sat on the side of the road 
scared as shit. Sat on the side of the road as those lights sat in my rear view. I've sat on the side of the road and waited for that officer to walk up to me. It's to the point that by the time he gets to me, I've already got the license and registration in my hand ready to go because let's just keep it real. Richard Pryor was joking, but this shit is very real. Cops put a hurting on your ass, man, you know. They really degrade you. White folks don't believe that shit, don't believe cops degrade you. Oh, come on, those beatings, those people are resisting arrest. I'm tired of this harassment of police officers. Because the police live in your neighborhood, see? And you be knowing them as Officer Timpson. Hello, Officer Timpson, going bowling tonight? Yes, uh, nice pinto you have. <laughs> Niggas don't know them like that. See, white folks get a ticket, they pull over. Hey, officer, yes, glad to be of help. <laughs> Nigga got to be talking about, I am reaching into my pocket for my license. Because I don't want to be no motherfucking accident. <laughs> At times we laugh to keep from crying. Days like this, I laugh to keep from punching somebody in the face. I'm tired of being seen as a threat to you. I'm tired of feeling that if I don't have my lanyard on at work and everywhere else I go, I'm going to be seen as a threat. I'm tired of having to basically try to disarm myself for you before you meet me. Where I work here in Philadelphia, the police headquarters is right across the street. They call it the Roundhouse. It's right there. I interact with cops all the time. I've interacted with cops my whole life, so I know how to talk to them. I know what the deal is. All you want to do is get home. That's all my dad always said is that all I ever wanted to do is get home. Well, so do I. And so do all of us. Philando Castile never made it home because a police officer, because a police officer with an itchy trigger finger and a case of the limber tail shot first and asked questions later. Alton Sterling didn't make it home because a pair of cops who didn't have a single set of testicles between them, decided they were going to shoot somebody and scream, he's coming right for us with a gun. And if it weren't for those cameras, we never would have known. And we would have been stuck with their terrible story. And likely would have been stuck without justice. I ask, no, I demand to be treated with respect. I demand to be treated like a human being. I understand police have a very difficult job. I understand police live on the edge i get it but if you want people to understand what you deal with you have to treat us like human beings you can't treat us like animals i'll close it out with this i always talk about my dad and what he did as a police officer he comes to pick me up from school one day in the police cruiser i was in high school and normally i'd get in the passenger side of the car or whatever but this time he had me get in the back seat and i sat back there in the back seat of a car back seat of a squad car place I had never been before, place I haven't been since. And on what was about the 12-minute drive back home, I'm in the back seat of that car. It's cramped. It's tight. The seats are hard. The seat belts are uncomfortable. Nothing about it felt good. Not a damn thing. So we pull up in that driveway, and he opens up that, that rear door, and I step out of there, and I remember he looked at me and said, do you ever want to end up in one of these things? I'm like, oh, God, no. Exactly. That's why I had you get back there. Police have a great influence on people's lives. But the problem is, the influence that police have on a lot of people's lives these days resemble Philando Castile's or Alton Sterling's. Episode 14 is next week. And uh, 
I sure as hell hope I don't need to have another episode like this in a week's time. Take care of yourself. God bless. Be safe out there. And most importantly, get home. This is JSC Radio. I'll see you next week.